Hey ladies, this is Life Her Podcast. I just want you to know that I would like you to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family because someone will relate and we are here to uplift and inspire women all over because somebody got to have each other's back and we all we got. So let's get started, ladies. Listen up. Hey, hey, ladies. I am your host, Yvette Lloyd, and I would like to welcome Reverend Dr. A. Louise Barnapart. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Thank you for having me. Yes, um, I am doing pretty good. Day going smooth. Thank God. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself. I've done read this bio and girl, you with the bomb.com. So give us oh, well, a, thank um, you. a nice preview. <laughs> okay. Born in Brooklyn, New York, raised on Long Island, the baby girl, the only girl of five children, born and reared in the church. I, I, my calling is a preacher. However, my vocation is a physician. I am a surgical oncologist. But before I became a surgeon, I was in the field of nursing for years. Also, I run seven nonprofits. To add to that, I am a presiding prelate of an international ministry. And last but not least, I run a family, 90-year-old family enterprise called JBAS Global Enterprises. It was formerly known as HW Holdings. And that was uh, started by my grandmother in 1930 in Brooklyn, New York. She opened her first store which was a fruit and vegetable store. Now listen, ladies, this is 2020. No one has any excuse not to be a business owner. My grandmother went against every art you can think of. First of all, she was a female. Then she was a woman of color and a southerner from Oglethorpe, Georgia, the, that's a part of Macon County, and migrated to Brooklyn, New York during the Depression and opened a store. Within 10 years, I called her a Jill of all trade because she did hair, she did, uh, she knew how to sew clothing, she was a seamstress, she knew how to cook, so everything the Lord gave her wisdom and knowledge to do. She was an entrepreneur in the 30s and, and she just kept opening stores and stores and she would get her, her finances because the Lord put gave her wisdom. Now she didn't have a lot of education. She knew how to invest in property. So here you go again, ladies, real estate. So with all that money she had within 10 years time, Although we know about Madam C.J. Walker, my grandmother was a, a song hero. Her name was Amanda Williams, and she is an unsung hero. Before Oprah was even thought about, my grandmother was a multimillionaire in Brooklyn, New York. And this was before wow. 1950. 
So I'm living that legacy out. So I'm juggling this a lot, girl. (laughs) Wow, that is amazing. That is amazing. That is like so inspiring. You done like uplifted me all over again. (laughs) I mean, you don't really hear too many of that lately, you know? No. And and it's so good to hear history. A lot of people don't know how important history is because we're so busy focusing on the now. But if people tap into the history and see what other black women have done amazing things in the world it'll motivate you even more to keep going because back then they had little or nothing so now with us having all these tools and resources and everything we should surpass them just off top of course we don't have any excuse Mm -mm. even you know what even now when we're in quarantine during this pandemic, I mean, this is modern times. Everyone has an iPhone. Everyone has a laptop. You should be making money. People are saying, oh, I don't have money. Woe is me. But get off your rusty dusty. Even in the book of Acts, when um, Paul and Silas, were, where they were locked in jail, when the angel came, okay, they were praying Okay, people were praying for them. They were they had chains on them. But the angel, what did the angel say? He says, get up. So you can pray and you have things right in front of you, but you have to take action. Mm-hmm. So they took the chains off themselves before they were able to move. So how can you move and you still have chains on you? And you know, a lot of people act like they got chains on them right now. Of course. <laughs> and I think what it is, a lot of people operate in fear. Yes, they do. And you know what? Fear is not of God. Especially for a believer, that's a slap in God's face. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't have any kind of fear. No, he didn't give you a spirit of fear. No. Yeah, but love and sound mind. Yes. And that's, and that's how I, like, operate throughout my days. Like, even, like, when storms come, it's like, mm-hmm. man, I must got something amazing coming because God is obviously bringing awareness to my attention. Like, look, this is a test before I get yes. this. Yeah, and, and just Yeah, and just knowing and being able to maintain that and know how it go constantly, you will be able to conquer everything. That's right. That's right. And 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 why? See, a lot of people don't know how I juggle. I always so first of all, I say, stay in your lane. Don't try to imitate. Just do what God has in your heart to do. Do what you can do. Because something that I can do, maybe you can do. Or it could be vice versa. But in my case. I do a lot, and I know I do a lot, but the thing is, God has mercy on me. That's number one. He has mercy, and he has granted favor, but he has granted me grace to do it. So I juggle this, but it's grace. Mm-hmm. And, it's, it, and it's for people. It's like not only 
as a physician, I'm I'm called to help the body and the soul. And even on my website, and and my motto is, you know, I'm for the total man. That's my mission. Because a lot of preachers, they're like, okay, let's just save your soul. But do they talk about being an entrepreneur? Mm-hmm. And you go to physicians, they help you physically, but there are safe physicians as myself. However, you don't see a lot of them. They are just concerned about your body, but they cannot help your soul. So God came, Jesus came, that we have life and more abundantly. And that's in everything. He wants us to be healthy. You know, eating right. You know, don't overindulge like a lot of us do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> eat right, eat and eat properly. Because I have patients that says, "Oh, I'm eating carrots, but don't eat ten pounds of carrots. You're going to gain weight." Right. Know what to eat and how to eat it. Health. Your mind should be stable, and especially in times of uncertainty. As this, a lot of people going through anxiety and depression. And let me tell you something. The first thing you do is pray. But you're going to hear this from me. As a clergy person, it is all right to see a therapist because you do not want to explode. And first of all, if you don't want, I know that's really, you don't talk about that uh, in the black community therapy. However, God gave these people wisdom so you can go talk to them and express yourself because if your mind is out of whack you can't you can't do anything you you'll be just total totally out of control you know it's just, it just you, you can't think then it, it then it hurt your arms hurting you everything hurts mm-hmm. your mind your mind controls everything yes and it and it operates on it it triggers every it triggers everything everything like within heart attacks strokes Mm -hmm. and it brings on issues as well so one thing triggers from another so we cover it uh physical mental and your emotions you have to get your emotions in check because you're the only one the old people used to say every tub has to sit on their own bottom meaning you gotta you have to check you have to take care of yourself first you can't be worried about so many other people and you're not stable and you cannot let an outside force upset you to the point where you can't accomplish anything so you have to keep your emotions in check and if they get out of check check yourself and say uh uh-uh. I can't. I can't just get out of whack because of that. God help me get this together. I got to get myself together. Mm-hmm. And you have to be willing to, you know. And you have to be willing. Yeah. Sometimes, like we could get to a point where our mind takes full blown control mm-hmm. of us when we know we're doing something wrong, but we decide to neglect God and do the opposite. That's right. That's right. And the thing is, you have to stay focused on the Lord through supplication, through meditation, through prayer. And you have to read your word daily, not listen to what the preachers say. Pick up your Bible yourself and read your Bible daily. 
because daily scripture is important. The word of God, that's just like you have to eat every day. You need to take that those scriptures and get that in you. Mm-mm-mm. You preaching. <laughs> it's the truth. It's, it's and the everything truth. that everything in my life I focus, I think I, I cut my own self off. Everything in my life has been based on faith and prayer. And I pray, I pray a lot, uh, I fast a lot, because uh, I was raised around that. And of course, let me tell you, I strayed away. I'm not Miss Perfect. And I think I rebelled because, you know, they always say PK preachers' kids are terrible. Let me tell you, I was Miss Goody Two Shoes. And then when I got in, I would say 11th grade all the way until I would say my junior year, I was terrible. <laughs> I mean, I was totally terrible. And I think I rebelled because not only am I a PK, I, I couldn't run from it. Both sides, seventh generation. I am a seventh generation preacher. My mom was a daddy. <laughs> my mom was my, my daddy. My grandmom. Everybody was a preacher, men and women. So I could not run from it. And and, and the thing is, every denomination they had it covered. My mama's side was Methodist and Baptist. My father's side was Pentecostal. Today I say I'm non-denomination because the Bible says holy. A lot of people get stuck on denomination. <laughs> the Bible says mm-hmm. that's all man. It's man-made and it's just created to for division. Yes. Uh, and so the reason why I mentioned that, I think I was just around church, church, church all the time. So mm-hmm. finally, I just said I need I need a way to rebel. So I had my little boyfriends, and I was I was awful. I really was. My mother doesn't like me. Like, Stop telling people that. But you know what? I but it's the truth, though. <laughs> because of this, you know, nobody's perfect except the father. Exactly, exactly. And you know, what do you think about how people feel about church today? Like, you know, a lot of people don't feel comfortable going to church because of how a pastor is, or they don't feel comfortable because of the negativity of them not helping them, talking bad about them. What do you feel about the generation today's church? Well, I don't think it's a lot of respect for God, period, in the world, especially America. There's no reverence for God. And the older saints, they're not setting examples. Um, They gave us a little better example when I was coming along. And we had no choice. You go to church, you're in my house, you will go to church. Nowadays, I think the younger generation, they have more leeway. And they just, I want to say they don't care. But I think they are, you have to show me before I believe it. And I think the generations need to merge because I think a lot of older saints, they're stuck in their way. Yes. And then the younger ones, I think there's not many churches that are able to merge. Mm-hmm. And I think if all generations get on the same page, I think things will move along a little smoother. And for anybody who is 
is discouraged or has ever been discouraged that's listening, you have to see God for yourself. There is no perfect church. See, another thing is a lot of people put preachers on pedestals. They are not God. So they mm-hmm. will make mistakes. You might hey, it's it, it's a scandal. Hey, if you don't want gossip and scandal, don't go to work. Don't go to school because it's gossip is a scandal is there. Mm-hmm. Every church every church is supposed to be a hospital. You're not supposed to go there and feel worse. That's the unfortunate thing. Right. So I say that the saints should get their act together instead of running people away they need to draw them and that goes back to what I said about the uh, generations need to work together because a lot of the older ones they want to bash the younger girls but it's a way that you can talk and and, 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 and they forget they were young themselves yes Yes, and then the younger ones Right, and the young ones should be able to listen and learn. And, you know, they have to learn respect. You learn from history. You you learn from your elders. So I think a lot of it is the merging of generations, the a whole thing of, of respect for each other. And number one, respect for God. Mm-hmm. And, and and don't and don't um take things personal because you cannot church hop. Because it's going to be trouble if it's a, a storefront church or a mega church. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I think <laughs> how my grandmother used to say, the bigger the church, the bigger the devil. Because oh, yeah. I've heard that too. More tr- it's going to be more trouble there. You, ha- you, you just have to say, look, it's not going to be a perfect church. But I know my God is perfect. You yeah. get someone where you're comfortable, a Bible-based believing church. You know, you don't want to go places that's way off the norm. Um, It's just so hard in today's society because you don't know a worldly person from a saint. No one's saying that you have, you know, a lot of old-fashioned holiness believe women, you don't wear makeup, you don't wear color, you don't wear skirts. But guess what? You can wear a long skirt and still pull your dress up to have sex. Yes. But that doesn't make sense. And some people, it's just simply too ugly not to wear makeup. And it's modern times, you don't need to be going around with a nappy head. <laughs> because some people nowadays, I still know some people in Brooklyn, New York, that's holiness and they don't perm. You don't have to perm your hair, press your hair. But don't go around mm-hmm. nappy by a wig. Like, wear one of them big <laughs> yeah, you don't have you don't have to be so 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 strict, but yet you don't have to be worldly. You know, you don't you you, you don't go to like if you go to church, you go to church. You're not going to a club. You don't wear your breast out. You don't wear tight jeans. Nowadays, people are wearing pants. But what I say, I'm I'm not how would say I'm mutual with that. But how I look at it. I wear pants. However, I don't wear my pants too much to church because I look at it that we're going before God. And let me tell you why. When you visit Queen Elizabeth, you have to wear a skirt. So who is she that you wear a a skirt before the queen and you're coming in the presence of God? 
So I'm just saying, just be a little feminine. But if you do repent and you're going to church, wear a you know, business suit. But if you're going to wear jeans, tight jeans. So a lot of that is like, people, it's a lot of issues in that. But at the end of the day, God is looking at your heart. Yes. Yes. And he, and he don't judge for certain. And he doesn't <laughs> judge. That's mm-hmm. just my opinion on the, on the, the dressing part. But right, I do say, right. if you're going, dress appropriately. Yes. You know, you're not there to find you a man. You want a man or a woman, go to a club. You're there to worship the Lord. And if you're a woman, you do not want to distract the men in church. They're, they're yes. trying to serve the Lord. You don't want to throw their mind off. Yes. Because that's the spirit of Jezebel. Oh yes, and and it's it's so much. I mean, we would have to do this talk again. I mean, there's so much that I want to share with oh, you, yeah, but are. I'm just trying to keep it on a, on, a, on, a, on a <laughs> one pace here. But the thing is, like when I'm talking about one thing, something else comes up. <laughs> I already know. So tell me about you traveling to the seven continents preaching. Yes, so global being global it's nothing new for my family uh, my grandparents let's see my grandmother she planted her first church in france in 1940 so my oh. grandparents already traveled the world and they were planting churches so i travel the world for business as well as the church now in 1975, my mother, her name is Eloisa Crawley Bonaparte, we call her Queen Mom or Mother Apostle, she started the Temple of the Good Shepherd Ministries Worldwide. And it began in 1975, as I said, as an evangelistic outreach ministry. She started out in Brooklyn. And then doors would begin to open for her, and she began to travel the nation and then the world. So after she would evangelize at these different countries, they would ask her to plant a mission or a church. So in 1990, it was Temple Ministries, and then it was added Temple of the Good Shepherd Ministries worldwide because there were branch churches in these different countries. Now, how the ministry is made up, we have certain branch churches, different places, but mm-hmm. also what it is is a fellowship of churches. For example, uh, it is Dr. Kumar. His name is Shanti Kumar. He's mm-hmm. a part of our fellowship, and he has 300,000 members. Ooh. And he has the biggest church in India. And he is, he's under my leadership because wow. his church is a part of our fellowship. And the fellowship is open to every denomination. And um, we have clergy, we have independent clergy. So I'm constantly traveling the world, you know, evangelizing, planting churches, ordaining ministries, and along with the missions, that's in conjunction with 
A.L. Bonaparte Ministries. Now, what A.L. Bonaparte Ministries, that's my uh, independent, that's my individual uh, preaching ministry, but also it is my, in conjunction with my seven nonprofits. And uh, we have missions such as schools and uh, hospitals and shelters and orphanages. So it's a lot that we're doing but I just love mankind. It was just, this is just nothing new. I basically get this from my mother's mother, Miss Mandy, we called her, and my mother. Um, I'm doing a little more traveling now because my mother is getting older and she's not doing as much traveling as she once did. So all of that falls on me. So I'm doing that traveling for the missions and the churches and I'm also doing traveling because of the global enterprise because I have employees on every continent and as far as JBAS global enterprises what I specialize in doing is I like to invest in companies that are going bankrupt and I build them back up and I also uh own franchise restaurants of fast food chains and then I also have home health care agencies out on the other coast on the west coast and oils pharmaceuticals it's just I'm like my I'm like my grandmother I just I just love I love learning I love entrepreneurship because the thing is I always like to do things people think you cannot do and I defy all odds (laughs) I defy all odds because yes because I am a female I'm a brown female and and I'm a, a Christian. So mm-hmm. like, all of this coming and, and they think we can't do this. So I'm like, oh, I can't. I can do it. I can because most of the board meetings I'm at is mostly Caucasian men. You know, I was at a board meeting. Um, my one of my I have two offices, but so my main office is in um, Manhattan, Penn Plaza. And mm-hmm. they didn't know who I was. This is the funniest story. So they came into my office. They just know they were meeting with Miss Bonaparte. They came into my mm-hmm. office and they thought up and down that I was the secretary. And then oh. I fixed their co- I fixed their coffee and everything. And then when we get into the board, <laughs> we get into the boardroom. They say, "Oh, you sitting in for her?" They thought I would get some Italian woman or something. I said, "No, it's I said it's me." Man, they cussed and carried on. <laughs> and I said, "You gonna have this meeting or what?" What do you do for yourself after you like so busy? I know you have so many staff in lined up, but what do you do on your beat time? Well, I, I like going to spas. Okay. I like spas. I love this theater. It's nothing like live theater. I mean, if, if you've never been to New York, listeners, once in your life, Try to make it to New York and see a live Broadway show. 
Nothing wrong with Tyler Perry. Nothing wrong with the rest of us. But a live Broadway show is nothing like it. I love theater. I like, um, I love reading. That gives me peace. I can read seven, eight, nine books. I really am an avid reader. So wow. I can read so many books a day. I just like to read. I'm, I'm your ultimate bookworm. Wow. You know. You rub some of that on me. <laughs> I like, but the thing I like, is, I'm pretty I like cool. Podcasts. I like listening you to like inspiration. Podcasts? Yeah, inspirational yeah. podcasts and soothing yeah. music, yoga, things mm-hmm. of that nature. I just like peace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It just just mm-hmm. keep real peaceful at all times. Right. So tell me a yes, tell me right. a little bit more, elaborate more on your childhood. Like what was it like as a younger you being around some empowering women and you know that you get ready to, you know, blossom and be an entrepreneur yourself. See, you know, it was two faces of me. In the public, I was always a shy child. But at home, I really wasn't a bad child. You know, my mother and I were talking about this the other day. She said I became bad when she didn't take me to the circus in second grade. <laughs> and oh, I said, I don't care. You <laughs> I said, I didn't like last year's circus. No way. She said, ever since second grade, she said, you went down here. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you. I mean, I was no, I didn't care because it wasn't so hot the year before. <laughs> <laughs> so she told me, she was like, ever since second grade, you went downhill. But I wasn't like a bad <laughs> I wasn't a bad child. I mean, I had a strict, very strict childhood because I was, one grandmother was very quiet, my paternal side. She was very quiet. But I loved my mother's mother. She was from the South. She was living in New York. So here you have a Southern Belle. I looked up to her. I mean, I love my mother, but I loved my grandmother because she was she was such a sweetheart. But you didn't you, you couldn't mess with her. She'll just knock you out. But I mean, like she had this rough attitude. She was like a Southern Belle with a New York attitude, and she was just as sweet as pie. She was a prayer warrior. But she was so rough. It was like you either loved her or hated her. It was like one or the other. But the thing is, I learned from her. She actually just kept it real. Yeah. But it was nice that a lot of people would a lot of people would get mad nowadays. Like my I know my grandmother made it in because she never kept a grudge with anyone. Mm-hmm. In the church, out of the church, you know the Bible says if you have an art against someone, she would always say, "Hey, you know why we're not talking? Let's get this straight." And nowadays, when you mention things to people, they want to get all mad. Yeah. So she always just you know was upfront with you. I think as she got older, she was a little bit too blunt. But I, she lived a holy lifestyle. It was she was how can I phrase my life? It was strict, but yet I had fun because she wouldn't even. Let me tell you how strict my grandmother was. She was a Baptist. I mean, she was raised Methodist, but she became Baptist. I think she was stricter than any Pentecostal. She would not let me even bring Uno cards in her house. 
because she said cards what? of the devil. So she what? was that kind of strict. <laughs> yes. So nobody can say I, I was raised, I mean, you know, I was in both Pentecostal, but she was strict. She's like, you can't bring no kind of cards in my house. Because this is a holy wow. house. <laughs> so when you went, so what, what, what time did you go through your phase when you started to rebel? Like how old, how old were you then when you started 16. to do that? I, I, I was sixteen, actually fifteen, and um, I was just how they would say smelling myself. <laughs> I was just really, I was into boys, uh-huh. and um, um. Yeah, around 16, 17, had a lot of boyfriends. Mother would kill me if I tell it. But I just want people to know, like, everybody's not perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody have their phases in life. Right. So at that at that age, I was just trying to find me from, I would say, 15 to 20, I would say. Um at 17 18 those teen years mm-hmm. uh, i got in i got involved with i had what was <laughs> i could this is like a whole nother podcast <laughs> <laughs> um you know the the record label def jam i used to party yeah. with them i dated all of them Did um, you? I, used to part, I used to party with um puffy and little kim and red man we used to do those kind of things. So that was my life. It was like, okay, I'm going to go to church on Sunday. I was the PK. Uh-huh. But I would, I would rebel, you know? Mm-hmm. And Biggie. So, like, people heard of Biggie, Red Man, Lil' Kim, and, and, and Diddy. I used to party with them. Oh, wow. So that was my, that was my rebellion years. And then uh, when I first got in high, uh, yeah, college, I dated one of the biggest Jamaican drug lords there was and the things that I saw is only God saves me um, and then wow. I was just it was just bad boyfriend after bad boyfriend and then I think what really got me together was my last uh, I would say really terrible boyfriend he was uh, a mob boss he was much older, bought me anything I wanted. So I thought I was just fly. I thought I was yeah. a bomb. I was, you know. And, but what did it? I was in ministry. I was called to ministry at a young age. I preached my first sermon at five. So I knew the way. Mm-hmm. And I was, or, I was ordained a Baptist minister at 17. And I was ordained a Pentecostal member uh, at um, clergy member at 20 so the thing is I knew the way it's just I was rebelling so for me my life flashed before me because the mob boss he still wanted me to stay with him and I'm like no I'm really into church I got ordained I gotta really get my life over to the Lord and he's like oh you've been going to church but you would miss lifestyle and I'm like, no, I got to get out of it. And I know it's nothing but God to this day that he set me up. He said he wanted to meet me. He meets me like all his top people. And they surrounded me with all types of weapons. 
Wow. And he said, you going to stay in this or not? I said, not. So I just closed my eyes thinking that was my last breath. And I just called on Jesus. They all went to shoot. And I mind you now, just imagine being surrounded by all different types of guns. You're on your knees. And then they can't shoot. And wow. then I, I peeked my eyes open. I said, did they just shoot? Try to shoot me? And I just keep saying, Jesus. And every time I call Jesus, they could not shoot. Next thing you know, they two archangels. Angels are real. Jesus is real, folks. It scared the heck out of them. They ran. They ran. I never heard from that man. Not another day in my life. So there is power in the name of Jesus. And that's what, that's what kind of got me back on the right track. Wow. You know, it, it, it takes a real, a real moment for you to snap back. It really do. It really do. And I'm a, I'm a witness to that too. Like just different things that transpired over my life over the years. And my husband himself, he turned his life around. His mother was a um, an evangelist. She was a pastor, but he mm-hmm. he went rebellious with her, and he served twenty one years in prison. Mm-hmm. And and now he's just a full blown man of God, and and all these blessings is just coming his way because he's doing right by him, and he's doing what he was called to do. So right. I, I so I truly understand you know as far as your rebellious and everything so mm-hmm. once you started changing mm-hmm. your life what direction mm-hmm. did you go into once you got away from all of that I focused my life more on prayer I think that gave me more determination just to live my life uh, to the fullest because my life could have been taken just like that and yes. I, another lesson that I learned that I can't play with God because you would see me I was a young evangelist I was preaching mm-hmm. five years old and I'm like faking the funk like so many people do you can't play with God because my thing is like eh, whatever and that got my attention it is always something in our lives to really get our attention mm-hmm. and then the thing is you can be living for the Lord and things still go bad. So I'm living my life to the fullest. Uh, I graduated, you know, I'm a nurse. And then I was a nurse practitioner. And then, like, I'm just getting all these degrees at the same time. I'm, I'm doing dual degrees and receiving, you know, graduating with all these doctorates. And then it seems like so many bad things were happening but the thing is I still trusted God I had cancer let me tell you cancer came cancer went away cancer came back again I did not know it and then I was feeling so sick my hair was falling out and it was, I was doing really bad and then when they told me they said that cancer has spread all the way through your body and you have three weeks to live. They caught it like that. And I'm like, oh, well. And then, and Satan talked to me and said, why don't you go back and party and all that? I said, I don't have enough energy. And my mind is not even 
you know, going to go back to what happened. God has brought me too far. And I just trusted God. I trusted God. I didn't go out and party. And I said, you know what? My soul is well, if it is my time. But it was just a test of my faith. I trusted God. And I only, I told a, a few trusted prayer warriors, because sometimes you cannot share everything with everybody. Sometimes yes. they are praying for you. P-R-E-Y, not praying. Mm-hmm. So I just believe God, and I'm still here. That was years ago. And, and, and then I know I'm here for a purpose. I can't tell you how many car crashes I had. It is unbelievable. I mean, like almost deadly. I mean, oh. three years ago, my car exploded in Atlanta. Did my mother it? and I, yes, we went down to um, the GMWA, mm-hmm. the Gospel Music Workshop of America, and uh we just was there one day, and a man T-boned me. I don't know what he was doing, texting, eating french fries or something. And he T-boned me. The car started smoking. So my passengers, they were able to hop out. My mother was able to get out. I was stuck in the car. People thought, sure, I was going to explode. Time they pulled me out, the car exploded. Man. So I know that's nobody but God. A few years back, I'm driving in the snow. My car flips over upside down. I'm like, and then God sends a trooper. I'm like, if I'm stupid, that's the plain way. I'm, I'm, I mean, I would be stupid if I did not serve God. And I've experienced at the same time, now listen to this now, the same time that I had cancer. When I was in nursing, I had this back issue. It was like everything was coming down on me at once, and it was just a testing of my faith. I was like, I almost felt like Job. So I'm like, this is like so much to bear. But I said, you know what? I trust you. With all of that, a lot of people would have just given up and said, what's the sense? And the time of the cancer, something happened with my back again. I had back surgery surgery went wrong I was paralyzed so nobody can say God is a healer not a healer Uh, they said I would never walk again I was paralyzed neck down and they didn't they laughed at me say you're in health profession you know you're not gonna walk again and they were literally laughing at me and I'm like I believe in Jesus Jesus is my physician and they were not they were laughing was like whatever and then I started moving my hands and everything and they like "Uh -uh, she is getting better and they still laugh because I still was paralyzed waist down so they're like okay you should be happy for what you got and I'm saying no I'm young I gotta walk and I was determined First of all, through prayer, through faith, and my determination, through therapy, I'm walking. I mean, it's a mir- miracles exist. Jesus is real. I've experienced. I mean, I might not have experienced being um, on drugs. Everyone has a, a different testimony. But yeah. I can tell you, let me tell you. I understand what it is to be, how they say, loose. I had men, you know what I mean? And I was slip, dipping, and tripping in sin. 
and God still spared my life. Mm-hmm. I know what it is for God to heal my body because I've suffered sickness. I mean, unto death sickness. And I also know what it is. You know, people say, literally, I was literally down to my dime one time in my life. All of this happened all around at the same time. And I thank God for trusted prayer warriors. So look at this. At the same time, I'm paralyzed. I got cancer. And, you know, people are jealous. And my company, it was a Caucasian counterpart that just messed me up with the government, the IRS, and they locked my funds. And I could not take anything out of my bank account. So I'm like, they're investigating. It's like nothing. And my mother couldn't help me because she's connected to me. So what I had at home, a dime. That's what I had at home, a dime. And that's all I had. And I trusted God. And you know who helped me? The Catholic Church. Isn't that something? Not the saints. I had a saint because I was living on Long Island at the time. I had bishops tell me, well, if you're not Kojic, we can't help you. I call another bishop. You're not this. You're not under my jurisdiction. Like, what kind of, we're serving God. Right. So why is it that people can talk about the Catholics or if they want to, the mm-hmm. you know, uh, but they helped me. I had them. They came and they were smoking. They were outside smoking, but they came and prayed for me. They came and gave me um, food. They gave me gift cards. They gave me money. So God will always provide. So yeah. I just, it's like so many lessons that I can learn from this. Trust God. You mm-hmm. learn people. You learn, I learn true people of God. I learned so much through my trials. And it's all a testing of your faith. And it's also how they see it. It's literally your test becomes your testimony. It's a cliche. However, it's true. Yes. Yes. And it becomes to a point where you the testimony you sharing even though you were raised in a church and everything it shows your imperfections however the things that you've been through you still continue to you know live through him right I can can teach exactly I can teach girls and it's only by the grace of God all the men that I had and I'm just keeping it real that I never got a disease only the grace of God I didn't have an STD only the grace of God I never had HIV mm-hmm. and, it's and not, I'm not proud to say that I'm just keeping it real yeah especially what you you know had dealings with people in the industry you know a lot exactly. of come, that comes with it you know exactly exactly mm-hmm. Ooh, that was a true blessing the true blessing so what I want you to do is let say some different like some words of encouragement for women that are battling to heal themselves and move forward in life and feel inspired and trying to find their way okay what I want each woman first to know that never give up never give up always remain focused be courageous and you know what love yourself you have to love yourself before you can love anyone else or before you can receive love love yourself 
focus on God, he will never fail you, never ever in life. No matter what the issue is, no matter what the situation is, you keep your head up. We are queens. We are princesses. We are queens. Not only Nubian, uh, even though you have a diverse audience, we're a woman. The woman, you know, you are what makes the world go round. How can someone be born without a woman? You are important. Know that. Never feel bad. Hold your head up. Say that you are important. Know this. Know that in your heart and in your mind. Beloved, be encouraged. Never doubt. Always trust the Lord. Just have faith. Have faith in yourself. I cannot say that enough. Have faith in yourself. And have faith in God. And know that you can accomplish anything. You can be whatever you desire to be. You can have literally what you want to have. Nothing can stop you. You are unstoppable. You are a woman. A woman is powerful. Uh Please, please, ladies, do not let anybody call you out your name. Hold your head up high. Never have a low self-esteem. And if that is the case, walk away. No one is too uh, cute or, or too whatever to stick around for abuse. Do not stick around for physical abuse. Don't stick around for verbal abuse. You are a precious jewel. You are a diamond. You are beautiful. You are a woman. Remember that. Mm-hmm. You see, talking that talk, y'all better listen. Let's take it all in. So tell us how can anyone get in touch with you just in case if they want to, you know, get uplifted or anything. Do you provide any type of services? I do, and each case is different. Uh, just you can... Hit me up on social media. Uh, my website is um, www.rev. That's the abbreviation for Reverend. So it's R-E-V. And then Dr. D-R. And my initials, A-L-B. That's A for Alpha, L for Lima, B for Boy, dot org. So it's R-E-V-D-R-A-L-B dot org. I am on all social media. Uh, just find me, A. Louise Bonaparte. Um, hit me up and I'll get back to you. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much. I really enjoyed this interview. It was the bomb. Oh, you're welcome. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Life Her Podcast, where we help heal women all over the world. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, Life Her Podcast, and check out our YouTube page as well. And make sure you subscribe. You can also look onto our website and you can purchase merchandise and listen to the podcast episodes. I am Yvette Lloyd. I am Life Her. Love yourself, ladies. Take care of yourself and others you love dearly.